Thanks for joining us for today's sermon. We are always so encouraged to hear how God is working in your life. If the messages of this church have touched you in some way, please share that with us by clicking on the contact tab at lifesc.org to send us an email. And if you would like to give to this ministry, you can do so online to help us bring messages just like this one to you each week. It is our prayer that God blesses you through this message today. If you would turn with me to John chapter 20, I want to quickly go to the word of the Lord. We want to move along, but we also want to spend time in God's word. Amen? Amen. Easter Sunday, nothing better to do. I know it feels like calisthenics, but let's stand in honor of the reading of the word. We feel like it is the word of God, inerrant and authoritative and inspired. God breathed. Amen? Do you believe that? This is the word of God? All right. Praise God. John chapter 20 and verse 1. If you're there, say amen. Let's read it all together. Ready? Begin. The first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early when it was yet dark unto the sepulchre, and seeing the stone taken away from the sepulchre, then she runneth and cometh to Simon Peter and to the other disciples whom Jesus loved, and saith unto them, I'll just keep reading. Are we we good? Bible in the sky go away? All right, let's start at verse 2. Here we go. Then she runneth and cometh to Simon Peter and to the other disciple, whom Jesus loved, and said unto them, They have taken away the Lord out of the sepulcher, and we know not where they have laid him. Peter therefore went forth and that other disciple and came to the sepulcher. So they ran both together, and the other disciple did outrun Peter. He was faster. And came first to the sepulcher, and he stooping down and looking in, saw the linen cloth lying, yet he went not in. And then cometh Simon Peter following him, and went into the sepulcher, and seeth the linen cloth lie, and the napkin that was about his head, not lying with the linen cloth, but wrapped together in a place by itself. I'm going to share with you something out of that particular scripture right there that's pretty awesome today, and I hope it's enough for you for Easter, but I know you have family celebrations and things to go to. We do have a brunch after this, but I think it'd be important for us to understand what Jesus was communicating to his disciples at this moment. There is a message in the text that you won't find unless you study it out. I want to share that with you today. A couple different things, but God is good. Amen. Let's pray together. Jesus, would you open our eyes of enlightenment? Would you let your spirit come into this room? Would you be kind to us, Lord Jesus? Would you let the word be sown so that it can bring forth a harvest in our life? In Jesus' name, and everyone said amen. Amen. You may be seated. I like how the scripture starts with the new day has dawned. How many ever had a situation where the new, where a new day dawned and it changed everything for you? Amen. Where the sun came up in the morning and you just felt like God's mercies were new that day, as the scripture said, and it was day one for you. Amen. It was a start over. It was a fresh beginning. It was a new thing for you. I want to tell you that Jesus Christ died for each one of us. I'm not some preacher, Johnny come lately, where I don't believe that Christians don't have troubles even though they have lived for the Lord and they're serving the Lord. I don't believe that. I've experienced otherwise. I know that there are troubles in life. Amen? But Jesus came to give us life and that more abundant. He didn't come to give us church. He didn't come to make us church people. 
He came to give us life and that more abundance. So if you're here on a Sunday, you can have life. If you have to work next Sunday, you can have life. If you don't make it back because you're on vacation, you can sit down in a bunch of cloth chairs around a campfire and you can have the life of God show up in a camp setting because Jesus isn't combined to four walls. He doesn't get kept and trapped inside a building. He is a God of life and resurrection. Amen. And I'm grateful that I know that because my particular God needs to be with me on Monday. And he needs to be with me on Tuesday. And I can't just have him through a priest or a minister. I don't need to just go to one person to channel God through them. I I need to have God touching me and talking to me every second of the day. So resurrection power is very important to me. But the scripture tells us when Paul was talking about, let me preach Jesus Christ and him crucified. He said, I want to be acquainted with his suffering and I want to know the power of his resurrection. You cannot truly know the power. Now, this is a word you don't like to say in church. Everybody wants to jump and shout and spin about. But this is something you have to know, okay? Everybody wants the power of the resurrection, the joy, the happiness, the blessings without being acquainted with Jesus' sufferings. Amen, somebody. Suffering is a word we don't want to talk about, but sometimes you have to suffer through some things before you get the blessing in your life. Sometimes you have to go through the valley of the shadow of death to know he still keeps me when I walk through dark places. Is that all right today? Sometimes you have to deal with ultimate sacrifice in your life before you have a resurrection. But I'm so thankful that Jesus would never ask me to lay something down had it not been for the fact that he had a resurrection waiting on me on the other side of that thing. If I would just let go. I saw a cartoon this week and it was a little girl and she was holding her teddy bear and Jesus is crouched down and he's looking at the little girl and he's like, give it to me. And she's like, but I teddy bear this is my favorite teddy bear and it was like about this big and she's like holding on to it with everything she's like I don't want to let go this is my best friend right now I can't let go of this and Jesus has a huge teddy bear behind his back he's like just give me the teddy bear she's like no I don't want to he's but she doesn't know that he has something bigger for her if she'll open her hands and let go of the things she's held on to for so long I can tell you that sometimes we have to suffer but in suffering it allows us to let go and let God do something that we could never do if we had not gone through it. For we would hold on to the things that are good and neglect the great things that he wants to give us. The greatest enemy of of great is good. And sometimes we're like that little girl just holding on to what we have thinking this is going to be what I have and this is the best I need. And it's not all you need. It's just that you don't understand and we don't understand all the time the ways that God works but even through the suffering if we'll lay down if he takes out of our life he must put back in because the the law of sowing and reaping works that way when you sow something God gives back and so you have to know that however much you put into it is oftentimes how much you're going to get back out of it amen Amen. so we do we realize that sometimes letting go of something we feel that is very precious to us in the times of suffering and just say Jesus you can have it all whatever it is I'm going to learn the lesson whatever you need me to know I I lay anything down you want me to lay down and when doing that he says all right I can trust you with something bigger I can trust you with something greater isn't that awesome So in the scripture here today, I'm only going to be 15 minutes or so today, but in the scripture here today, we see that Peter 
is running to the sepulcher. I can't imagine what's going through his mind. They, they didn't believe. They didn't, they didn't truly understand what God was doing because they were grieving in other parts of the Gospels. They were literally depressed almost. And they, they thought that, that what was going to happen where Jesus was going to establish his kingdom on the earth had not come to pass. But what they didn't understand is Jesus wasn't just dying for the Jews. He was dying for the world. Amen? And sometimes church people get that confused. They think that church is all about us here, the ones that are blessed to be here. But Jesus, from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, wanted his name to be praised among the Gentiles. He wanted people all over the globe, black folk, white folk, Filipino folk, Russian, any kind of folk, Guiana, however you say, however you say that, Genoan, people that we don't even know and haven't even related with or can't relate with because of the culture changes, they they are welcome at the cross, amen. They're welcome at this resurrection power. So I'm grateful that he didn't just have a focus of Peter and his buddies. He didn't have the focus of Jerusalem and those people there, but he wants Samaritans to worship him. He wanted Gentiles to worship him. He wanted Cornelius, who was Italian, to worship him. He wanted people of all races and all nationalities. Aren't you glad Jesus gave us the power of resurrection? Amen? Because we weren't welcome. But I don't think Peter actually even understood what was going on, really, until he got to the tomb. Because... The one that ran faster got there first, but wasn't as impetuous as Peter. Peter was a little bit impetuous. He'll take out a sword and cut off an ear if he has to, to keep Jesus around, okay? He's one of those kind of guys. And so he takes no, um, no concern at all. He just steps into the tomb. And now you have to understand, Jews were not supposed to relate with dead bodies. The custom was they weren't supposed to touch them. But Jesus was like, or but Peter was like, if Jesus is in there, I'm going in there. I don't care what the custom is. Amen? So sometimes you see things out of Peter that you really can appreciate. Like he's like, I don't care what the barrier is, I'm getting to Jesus. We need to have an attitude like that in today's world. Amen? No matter what the concept, no matter what people tell you about anything, no matter what is said or what barrier is put in place, if you're after Jesus Christ, you will go right through any custom. You'll run right through any tradition to get to him. You'll do whatever you have to do because that's the people God is looking for. People that are hungry beyond their traditions, beyond what grandmother and grandfather had. I want more of Jesus. If you have that attitude, he's looking for you. Amen. That's the kind of people that God is looking for. So he runs into the sepulcher. And he sees something that the other disciple didn't see. The other disciple just saw the linen cloth lying there. But Peter notices that the face napkin of Jesus is folded and set off by itself. It's literally separated from the place where Jesus laid. So he would have had to stand up, fold the linen cloth, so he knew he was resurrected. He had to get up because he separated it from the group and put it off by itself. And he also knew that Jesus, being resurrected, had to have a body because a spirit cannot grab anything unless it takes on a form that allows it to interact with that napkin. So in other words, Jesus was resurrected in bodily form because he could fold the linen cloth that was over his face. And because he set it off by, him, by itself, that was a message even 
unto that because if you understand Jewish culture, you understand that among masters and slaves, when the slave would set the table, I don't condone slavery, I'm just saying, I'm not going to try to be politically correct every time I preach, just so you know, I'm not good with slavery, we're just going to keep moving, okay? But in this custom, in this time... We're not going to be PC. But in this time, they had slaves and masters. And when the slaves would set the table for the master, the master would come in and would sit down and would begin to eat. And those slaves who were either Jewish or otherwise would step off of the scene just out of sight. And when the master was done eating, he would take his napkin that he had and he would bunch it up and he would throw it on the table, stand up after wiping his face, his hands, and his beard, and he would throw it on the table and walk away. And that was a sign to every Jewish boy and every servant that I'm done with this meal and you can clear the table. Until that happened, the servants were not to be seen or heard until the master was done eating. If they were serving him, that's one thing. But if he didn't roll up that napkin and lay it down, they were not to touch the table because if the master stood up and did one other thing, if he folded his napkin and then he set it by his plate, on the table it was a sign to all the servants do not clear this table because I am coming back to the table I am not done with the meal yet so what you have to understand is the message buried in the text for every Jewish boy that would have walked in that sepulcher and saw the head napkin folded and set off to the side Jesus was telling Peter I'm not done at a tomb I'm not finished at a grave death can't hold me grave sting is now conquered because I'm not finished at the moment of death. I got up. And so the message Peter understood right then and right there that Jesus was risen again, that he was done with death and he was done and conquered grave. Jesus took on hell with the keys of death, hell, and the grave, and he released every captive. Amen? He released every captive. So I want you to know today that he can get you out of anything. He can conquer everything because he hung on the cross and said it's finished. It was done there and it's still done now because our God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? I just want you to know that it's sometimes difficult for us as people that come to church on a regular basis to realize that we can get in the way of what God is trying to do. Even in the book of Acts, even though Peter knew Jesus was resurrected, even though he knew on the, first, on the day of Pentecost, 50 days after yesterday, 50 days later, when Pentecost fell and they had, then the Holy Ghost fell upon them and they spilled out into the streets and they were walking and talking in tongues and people are like, who and how do these people know different languages? Peter stood up and began to preach. And you know how pe- preachers do when they get anointed? They get off their notes, amen? And they start saying stuff they don't even believe. <laughs> and I think Peter started preaching a message that he didn't even believe because he believed that the message was for the 
Jews still because even 10 years after the Holy Ghost fell, they hadn't won anybody outside of Jerusalem. They were winning Jews. And so Peter got up and said, repent, the first gospel message, and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. He's still sticking to his notes, amen? He's preaching a good message. Everybody's happy, Mike, because Peter's preaching a great message on Pentecost Sunday. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, for the promise is unto you. That's great. Everybody's a Jew here. And to your children, all your children are going to be Jews. That's great. And then the Holy Ghost hit. As many as the Lord, and he gets off his notes. He said, his promise is unto you and to your children, and as many as the Lord are God. Hold on, Peter. That's not what we were thinking. We thought Jesus came to save all of the Jewish people. But he starts preaching under the anointing. And he said, as many as our Lord God shall call. And so I'm telling you this, that while Peter was preaching it, he might not have remembered what he was saying after that. But he said, that is for anybody. It's not just for Jews. It's for Gentiles. It's for people who are up. It's for doctors. It's for lawyers. And it's for people under bridges. And it's for people that don't know how to do life right and it's people that have never been trained how to love people correctly people that never knew how to live in a social relationship and know how to do things right it's for people that are good people that are bad people that are up people that are down people that are happy people that are sad it's all of them and peter under the anointing of the holy ghost said it's for as many as the lord our god shall call anybody know that god's still calling people he is and so I know this is a fact because when the Ethiopian eunuch came all the way from Ethiopia, heard that resurrection power had fallen in Jerusalem and he was coming to see this great God who fell and they were speaking in tongues and they were full of the Holy Ghost. I want to see what happened. And he drove all the way from Ethiopia and Philip, now 10 years or better after the initial outpouring of the Holy Ghost, Philip is having revival in Samaria, a place where people weren't supposed to get the Holy Ghost. People weren't supposed to be baptized in Jesus' name. But Jesus has revival for everybody, amen? He wants fire to fall on everybody. So Philip's over there having this revival. And this Ethiopian eunuch travels all the way into Jerusalem. And if you look back, there's this pesky little law way over in Deuteronomy that says that eunuchs are not welcome at the house of God. That eunuchs cannot be in the temple. It's actually found in Deuteronomy. And I was looking and I found out that Jesus is interested in people who even the church people don't want at church. Amen? That Jesus is interested in reaching everybody. So while Philip's having revival in Samaria and in Jerusalem, they're not letting the Ethiopian eunuch into the synagogue because he was a eunuch. God says, Philip, you're done with revival here. I want you to go out into the wilderness because now that same eunuch is in his chariot headed back to Ethiopia. He is the, he is the keeper of money. He is in charge of Candace's, the queen of Ethiopia's money. He's a 
powerful man, but he didn't get spurned by those that said, you can't come in this way. No, we have this custom. You can't come. I hate that in church. I hate when someone says, you can't be here because you're not like us. Hello, somebody. Is that the Jesus we really serve? Come on, somebody. We need to step up to the plate and say, if they're hungry and if they want God and if they traveled all the way from Ethiopia, they're welcome at the house of God. I know I'm losing my voice because I'm so excited, but I want you to know how much I believe this, and I want you to know how much Jesus believes this. Amen. Yeah, bring me some water. I'd be happy to have some. Thank you, because I'm excited today. I am just so revved up. I'm sorry. I got to get through this. Help me, Jesus. So we find out that in, thank you very much. Give Nate a big hand. So we find out that Philip, I don't know how he did it, but he catches up to a moving chariot. I think the Holy Ghost helped him run real fast. So he catches up to a chariot, and in Acts 8 and 27, he hears this eunuch, and the eunuch doesn't get all bitter. The eunuch doesn't get all upset. Well, they don't do it like I do it, so I guess, well, they won't let me in, so I guess I'm not going to go to that church. Guess what? I'm telling you what. I'm not trying to preach any doctrine uh, or any kind of uh, situation where I'm thinking through my head of, I'm just telling you, I don't like whenever someone's kept out of the presence of God. And I'll tell you what happened is whenever whenever Philip heard him reading the word of God, he was so hungry, no matter who rejected him, he was still after God. He was still reading the word of God. And so Philip jumps up on the chair and he says, do you understand what you read? And, and he said, how, I, don't, I don't know. How will I know unless someone teaches me? So it begins in verse 32, actually, Acts 8, chapter th- verse 30, it says this. Philip hears him reading, so he understands that. He, d- he asks him, do you understand what you read? And then in verse 32, he takes him to the place. He starts under- explaining to him the place where he's reading. And if you understand where he's reading, the place of Scripture which he read was this. He was led of the sheep, um, led of the sh- of a, I'm sorry. He was led as a sheep to the slot. I'm excited. And like a lamb dumb before his shearer. I know where I'm going, but you don't. So that's why I'm so excited. <laughs> Dumb before his shears, so open he not his mouth. And so what we find out is he's reading out of Isaiah 53. And so I started getting in my mind, well, if that's where he starts, I wonder well, where Philip ends the Bible study. So you read a little bit more in, action, in, in Isaiah 44, that's talking about something different. If you read and through the scripture, it says, ho, everyone is thirsty. If you get to verse 45, or chapter 45, ho, everyone that, who is is thirsty, come, buy and eat. I'm like, oh, that's great. If anybody wants God, come and he'll feed you and he'll give you. But I've realized that they get to the point in Isaiah 56 and 2. I think, I think, I don't know, but I think this is where Philip finished the Bible study. Check this out. Isaiah 56 and 2. Blessed is the man that doeth this and the son of man that layeth hold on it. He's saying, blessed is the man that lays hold on God, that keepeth the Sabbath from polluting it and keepeth his hand from doing doing any evil. Next verse. I think this is why the eunuch got excited. Neither let the son of the stranger that hath joined himself to the Lord speak, saying, the Lord hath utterly separated me from his people. Neither let the what? Neither let the eunuch say, behold, I am a dry tree. Go to the next verse. For thus saith the Lord unto the eunuchs that keep my Sabbath and choose the things that please me. For take, go to the next verse, and for take hold of the covenant. Go to the next verse. Even unto them I will give in mine house. 
In mine house, I will within and within my walls a place and a name better than the sons of the and of daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. He was saying, I believe Philip taught his Bible study all the way to Isaiah chapter 56. And when the eunuch heard, I've got a name, I've got a place, they told me I wasn't welcome in Jerusalem, but I'm welcome because you showed me in the scripture that God will give me a place in his house. I believe the eunuch stood up and said, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And they went down because there was much water and they baptized him in water and he came up rejoicing. Amen. I think that Jesus cares so much about people not let into the church that he'll send Philip on a fast run to catch up to a cart so that he can teach him that he's not rejected. He's not the one out he's welcome at God's house amen. amen oh that's good you ought to thank the Lord for that uh, I hope that's good enough for Easter Sunday <laughs> I was like Jesus help me preach something good <laughs> and he, my grandma used to sing because he lives I can face tomorrow anybody remember that song yeah. they used to sing I'm so glad I'm washed in the blood anybody ever sing that song before I appreciate the fact that we talk about our tomorrows. And I appreciate the fact that we talk about how he washed away sins from our past. Thank God for it. Thank God. If it wasn't for grace, none of us would make it. Amen? Hallelujah. But I'm so glad to tell you that the resurrection power is for right now, right here in this moment. I don't want to just celebrate and I'll clap my hands and shout with you about heaven, going to heaven someday. And I'll dance and rejoice with you because there is a past that is washed away. But I'm so thankful that there is a moment right now where we can encounter the resurrection power of God. Amen. Would you stand with me right now? And let's let God do what only God can do. I understand I'm excited, and I'm obviously excited to see all of you. But I don't want to celebrate the cross, and I don't want to celebrate heaven more than I celebrate his presence right here and right now. Would you bow your heads with me? Lord, please don't let us be like that church in Jerusalem where we get it all messed up and we don't let certain people in. God, would you help me to know that you are alive and you want to welcome every heart into this place and you love beyond measure. Lord God, this cross that you died upon, I celebrate for it tells me and tells everyone here that we are of great value because you would have died had it only been for saving one. You would have died had it only been me and, and a few others. But God, you died for the whole world. Let us expand our minds and our hearts to embrace that he is alive. As Tanya plays, I want you to know that you have to receive the ability to receive others. You have to receive the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost in your life. And in doing so, God makes you alive. I can't be in a church that's not a resurrection church, Jesus. I can't be in a church that doesn't have power and anointing. Please, let us not preach stuff and then not live it. 
Let us not be Peter who needs another vision on a rooftop in Joppa just to embrace what he preached on Acts 2.38. Lord God, help us be people that have an anointing that's for everyone. In Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Amen. I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. I'm excited today. I'm so glad he rose again. I'm so glad he gave me life, not just church. I'm so glad he gave me joy. Amen. Because sometimes life isn't all that happy. But in our modern vernacular, he had the hookup to get me out of my hangups because he hung up on a cross. Amen. So I could go up. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's just thank God today. Come on, put in your mind what he is saying. Death couldn't hold you down. Gonna lift our voice in victory. We're gonna sing this together. Praises loud. The enemy has been defeated. Hallelujah. And death couldn't hold you down. Come on, let's sing together. I don't have much voice now. Let's sing together. Gonna make your praises loud. The enemy has been defeated. And death couldn't hold you down. We're gonna lift our voice in victory. We're gonna make your praises loud. The enemy has been defeated. And death couldn't hold you down. We're gonna lift our voice in victory. We're gonna make your praises loud. Hallelujah. We're not just trying to be a different church. I want you to know that. We have a different church because we have resurrection power in this church. Because the Spirit of God is here. Jesus is not comfortable with being dead. So we can't have a dead church because he lives in us. Amen? He's only going to be comfortable for about three days in grave clothes. Amen? If you're in church more than three Sundays and it's dead in here, we'll have a prayer line. We'll do whatever we have to do because we need a resurrection church. We need power in this place. We need anointing in this place. Amen? Sing it again. Shout, Shout out to, to God, God with the voice of triumph. Lift your hand lift if you would. Maybe just one hand. We lift That's all you got to do. Just celebrate Shout your name. Shout out to God with the voice of triumph. Shout out to God with the voice of praise. Shout out to God with the voice of triumph. We lift your name up. We lift your name up. The enemy's been defeated. And death couldn't hold you down. We're gonna lift our voice in victory. We're gonna make your praises. Come on, loud. put your hands again. The enemy's been defeated. Death couldn't hold you down. We're gonna lift our voice in victory. We're gonna make your praises loud. Shout out to God with the voice of triumph. Shout out to God with a voice of praise. Hallelujah. Shout out to God with a voice of, of triumph. We lift your name up. We lift your name up. Hallelujah. So my hope this morning is that you don't hang your head because he died for all the stuff we couldn't conquer. But every moment that you have where you feel down or you feel discouraged, know this, Jesus will never leave you there because he was resurrected and he must give you everything that comes with resurrection, amen? So keep your gaze looking toward the hills from whence cometh your help because your help comes from the Lord, amen? 
Keep your eyes lifted because he's a risen Savior and he's alive. Amen. One more time. The enemy's been defeated. Death couldn't hold you down. We're going to lift our voice in victory. Hallelujah. We're going to make your Hallelujah. praises loud. Amen. Because the enemy's been defeated. Death couldn't hold Hallelujah. you down. Like, gonna lift our voice in victory. We're gonna make your praises loud. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Shout unto God with a voice of praise. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. We lift your name up. We lift your name up. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Shout unto God with the voice of praise. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. We lift your name up. We lift your name up. We lift your name up, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. We bless your name, God. Hallelujah. doing what only he can do in our lives. Acts 1 and 4, it says that they were teaching. Acts 4 and 1, I'd rather. They were teaching the power of God, the resurrection power of God in Jerusalem. And the scribes and the Pharisees got upset because they were messing with their religion. Jesus didn't come to give us religion. We're going to see, not very long in the future, religion completely die in our culture. But relationship with Jesus Christ is still going to be strong. Because he didn't come to give us religion, brothers and sisters. He came to give us a relationship with him. And so all those religious people got really upset. And they said, we don't want you to preach in the name of Jesus any longer. Because when they preached in the name of Jesus, they showed his resurrection. It's interesting that a church that's full of resurrection power will always know the power of the name of Jesus. It's really great, amen? So I want to share with you today that I love you. I'm grateful for God's work in your life. Don't ever settle for a grave anywhere. Don't ever settle for down. He'll, get you, he'll help you get back up, amen? I believe that. Do you believe that still? In 2015, amen? I believe it. Thank you, Jesus. God bless you.